ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-on items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Listeners, welcome to Culturama with Diva. I'm Sydney Thorpe, working alongside Diva today. And you just heard Fab Five singing Christmas Breeze A Blue. Really nice. And Diva is going to be piloting you through the program. I'll tell her when to come in. Like, now, come in, Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting, extra special Christmas episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. This program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, Accessible Technology Solutions, Life Books for Kids, and Core Confidence Life. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We'd like to take some time out now for prayer and reflections by Deacon Arthur Taylor. So give a listen and we'll be back. A reflection of Christmas Day. Lord, thank you for this Christmas Day. I believe that you became a little child to redeem me and show me the Father's love. I love you, my Jesus. Your birth shows the depth of your love for me. I choose to recommit myself today to be a Christian in love with you. Lord, help me to grow in wonder at the awe of your love. For most families, 
Christmas is a day of special closeness. We take time to be with each other. We also know that God is close to us. He is that someone who unites us in love. Today, in astonishing silence, we contemplate the Christ child amid all the excitement and devotion of Christmas Day. We can't help but stop in amazement. My God, let me put my arms around him. Here is an amazing mystery of closeness. Here is where all human closeness finds its greatest expression of love. It is God's initiative. He became flesh. He lives among us. Do I let myself draw close to Christ? Do I allow Him to love me? Do I allow myself to be loved by Him? Jesus brings the Father's love to our world and into our lives. He transforms our world into the very place where the Father finds His beloved Son. The Father is pleased. Christ lives among us. This is the grace that is Christ, God's initiative of love. Grace is a gift. It does not depend on me. I simply receive to accept and receive it. Jesus, thank you for this Christmas day. I know it may be busy, but I also know it is very beautiful. It is beautiful because you are here. Lord, thank you for being here this Christmas day. I want to love you as Mary did. I want to bring your grace and glory to those around me. This Christmas, let us strive to show special joy and goodness in our relations with others, especially with our families. Let us look for an extra way to make each member of our family today happy. Thank you, Deacon. And now it's back to Diva, where she continues to tell us about the Christmas special. This is an extra special program, the Christmas program, where we just sit back, relax, and meditate on the true meaning of Christmas. This promises to be fun, exciting, entertainment, educating, motivating program. And I have a room filled with lovely people. I have Miss Kenya Nicholas from Life Books for Kids. I have Mr. Party. I have Pastor True. I have Ada Lopez and Cassandra, better known as Casper. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Diva. you. Thank you. This program is produced by Sydney Sizer Studios. So the first segment is a round table talk where I will throw four to five questions to you and you guys will just answer alternatively. My first question to you, ladies and gentlemen, is what does the word Christmas mean to you? What, what is the holidays about for you? Christmas to me is a time of reflection and um, like being together with your family or, you know, close friends if, if you're able to. And, you know, just remembering the time that, you know, you should allow yourself to relax as well and not stress over everything. For me, uh, Christmas is uh, downtime, it's togetherness, it's time with family and loved ones. We all have uh, very hectic years and this year's been extra difficult. 
So I tend to be more appreciative and reflect back on things that I done well, but things also that I could have done better. This is Ada. I just want to say that, first of all, Christmas is supposedly the day that Jesus was born. We don't know the actual day, but that's what we celebrate. And it's a time to take vacation, be with the family, and just enjoy the time and show love to one another. This is Pastor Troop. Um, Christmas for me really is an opportunity for us to go back to our first love um, because uh, we recognize that Jesus was born and that in of itself is a sacrifice. Um, and so it's to remind ourselves of the sacrifice, not only in his death, but even in his birth as well. And to really get to know Jesus for yourselves um, in a more intimate setting. And of course, to share him with your loved ones, your family, your friends, uh, so on and so forth. Hi, this is Kenya. And I kind of piggyback what everyone said. Uh, Christmas to me is a time of being thankful for what we have, including most importantly, the sacrifice um, that was made for all of us. Um, and in that sacrifice, I think we find that family, love, joy, togetherness, giving, uh, which represents, you know, the gifts that are given out at Christmas time, I think is, is very symbolic of Christmas. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, someone mentioned that, you know, we don't know the actual date, but that's the date that we celebrate. And I think that's why it's one of the largest or most popular federal holidays that are out there. So that's my take. Awesome. Those people in the U.S., do you guys celebrate Christmas more than Thanksgiving or vice versa? Talk to me about that. This is Ada. It's a tough question because I think they're equally um, celebrated. We pretty much have the same foods. We pretty much get together with our families and we have time off from work. And there's always a lot of traveling. Um, again, this is Pastor Truth. I, I somewhat agree with Ada with one exception. Um, to a degree, they're celebrated equally, but I think Christmas more so because the unfortunate fact of the matter is this, Christmas has been so commercialized that it's more looked forward to than any other holiday. Um, and for the wrong reasons, you know, we, we should be celebrating it because of Jesus, but it's today more about the gifts and, and all of those things like that. Um, and not so much about the true meaning of what Christmas should be celebrated for. So I think because of the popularity of the gifts and the meals and all of those things like that, Christmas is anticipated more than even Thanksgiving is. And this is Kenya. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, Thanksgiving tends to be more so about the entire community and family as opposed to Christmas is a more personal um, you know, especially when it comes to gift giving, you know, you mostly give and, and show more appreciation and thankfulness for your immediate family. And then Thanksgiving is, is also family, but it's also extends beyond to family and friends and community. And I think the two of them, you know, they're almost one in the, in the same um, because it is still that spirit of in that season of love and gift giving and joy and being thankful and you know fellowshipping it's a party i would agree with everyone else uh, here in the uk we obviously celebrate christmas more and both have different symbolic meanings uh we i particularly have a lots of family and friends across the pond and uh, i reflect on thanksgiving and uh, to be blessed with uh, what we have but uh, we tend to uh, look forward to christmas uh, time far more here. Uh, it's Casper here, and um, I agree with everyone, you know, like they pretty much said everything I was thinking. 
um, you know, it's kind of difficult to, like, both of them are, like, celebrated almost the same way, you know, um, you know, a lot of time with family and friends and, you know, just a lot of togetherness and stuff like that. Awesome. What do you do with holidays? We do a lot of everything. Uh, rearranging, uh, the traditions would be, like, making certain kinds of, like, dishes, like a soup or soups and things like that, or like just simply cooking a lot more than we normally do and trying out new things and, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, like festivities of like having lights up, little decorations and stuff like that, and just buying things related to the holidays, like, I don't know, Christmas cookies or... Nice. And this is Kenya. Um, cooking is very important for our holidays. Um, that's centered around the kitchen because um, that's where the soul food handle came from because it's cooking from the soul, showing your family you love them through feeding them. Um, a lot of, I'm from Florida, so a lot of us down south, you know, we're known for our Southern hospitality and it's just making people feel welcome, feel happy and joyous. Um, even like uh, you had mentioned earlier about um, the first speaker, the first author about the cooking for the kids, you know, making the Christmas cookies and decorating with them, getting them involved with the family spirit as well, because we can't leave the kids out. So I'm, I have an interest in the kids audience. So that, that's kind of what we do here. And give to others, the homeless. That's something that we also do. Um, either hand out toys. Um, I sponsored a couple families Christmas that couldn't afford it. Um, so we make sure that we give as well. And since we're blessed, we give in, in turn. This is Ada. Um, those holidays are like traveling, being exciting about seeing your family that you haven't seen. And about all the different foods, like, um, yeah, like we do food only for those holidays that we don't even eat the rest of the year. And just watching movies, sitting around, eating popcorn, going shopping, or just hanging out, just trying to see, like, if you go to another state, another country, got to go around and sightsee, you know, tour sightings and stuff like that. Here in the UK, uh, Christmas is home where the heart is. It's about the family, the togetherness, uh, decorating the tree, getting all the festive food ready and indulging in all the festive goodness and also being grateful for what we have as a family. We always give to charity at this time of year because we're grateful that we have the, the things that we have and there's others who don't have that so it's a time for reflection and also things like board games and not being too reliant on technology because that can be quite time consuming it's a time of year where we have downtime and family time which is really important Joy to the world. so you guys sound so wonderful with your holiday plans and all of that I hate to be the buzz field I really do Lord knows I hate to be the buzzkill, but in truth, my holidays, the traditions and all of that stuff like that have become uh, rather mute ever since uh, my mother passed nine years ago. Usually she would be the one to wow. get everybody organized and we put the tree together and, and, you know, making all the Christmas cookies and things like that. I'm, I'm one of the chefs of the family. So, you know, while my mother's doing all the baking and things like that, I'm, you know, playing on my dad's smoker, you know, smoking turkeys and working on the rest of the meal and all of those things like that. But as I get older and since I've been blind and all of that stuff like that, I, you know, I've been doing less and less as far as really the old Christmas traditions um, and everything else like that. For example, this year I made a half a turkey and some instant mashed potatoes and some green beans and some corn. It was like, okay, I'm happy. And I sat around and read books all day. That's pretty much it. <laughs> um, 
You know, I don't have any of my kids with me and everything else like that. So I spent time uh, doing that as well, making phone calls to my kids. That's my new tradition now. So making phone calls to my kids to see what they got for Christmas and how they enjoyed it and all of those things. And that in in a way just brings me a whole lot of joy just to know that they had a good Christmas. Just a reminder that I'm speaking with a room filled with lovely people. And this program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment, Life Books for Kids, Core Confidence Life, and Accessible Technology Solutions. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows, for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com. I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com. Accessible Technology Solutions. Your problems, our solutions. In case you're just joining us, I'm Sydney Thorpe sitting in with Diva as we present to you the Christmas special of Culturama with Diva. And you're just in time to hear Fab Five and the stage crew singing Christmas in the Sun. And now it's back to Diva. What's happening, Diva? Now we're on to the second segment, guys, where I will be talking to the these participants individually, just to get to know them a little bit, a little bit more. Some you may already know, but other persons would like to know them as well. I'm going to start off with Pastor Truth. Yes, I want to start with you, Pastor. Tell us about you, Pastor, and your 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 kidney uh your kidney transplant. 
Okay, so I'm Pastor Truth. My actual name is Pastor Joseph McGowan. Um, I am 43. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I am the father of three biological children and one non-biological child. Um, I, I am a divorcee um, and I am currently single. Um, and so, um, my kidney transplant, try to keep this as short as possible. Yeah. Um, I was called on the third and was asked, um, to go to the hospital because there's a kidney that's up for grabs. And I was told that I was the auction for the kidney. There was somebody else who was called in as the primary on the kidney. And so I came in to the hospital. They got me all prepped and everything like that and um, fed me and so on and so forth. They told me that since I was the secondary, there's a possibility that I won't get the kidney and they'll just send me back home the next day. Um, and so early on the 4th, they took me down for dialysis because I was still otherwise having dialysis treatments. And uh, keep in mind, I was on dialysis for about two years, give or take. And I was already having a lot of complications, including passing out um, while I was on the machine. So I had gotten this feeling like the dialysis was about to take my life. And I was quite a bit scared. Um, and so I'm on the dialysis machine. I think I'd even fallen asleep. Next thing you know, about the third hour of my treatment, the nurse comes to me excited, absolutely excited. And she comes to me and she says, guess what? They're getting ready to come get you to prep you for surgery. You got the kidney. Wow. Now, let me make sure you understand this really, because this is the important part. I was only the second, uh, second, uh, the second guy on the kidney. The other guy was called in or the other person was called in. But for some reason, they weren't able to get the kidney. But I was. And so God had worked this thing out to where even though I was the last on the list as far as that kidney was concerned, he made me first. Yes. That's amazing. Only God can make that happen where the first will really will be last and the last will be first. That's real talk from a real God. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so I got the kidney. I had no issues after that other than my ability to be, able to be able to walk was hampered a little bit. They stuck me in a rehab center to build up my ability to walk. Two weeks later, I was out of there and I was home. And I haven't had an issue since then. So I give God all glory for what he's done in my life. And uh, I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful that he gave me another chance that he gave me essentially a second life amen this is amen. i'm about to cry but oh Pat, my God. i want to talk to you about your ministry and gentle folks he is blind a blind pastor so tell us about your ministry pastor my ministry is called the vineyard true vine ministries um it was established about four years ago uh, simply as the vineyard, myself and a, um, a woman that I was dating um, for some time had originally started it, but the relationship just didn't work out. So she left the ministry. And so that left me to continue to run the ministry. And as I continue to, to bring people in, to add people as staff members, so on and so forth, we had, uh, you know, gained some people and lost some people. Um, but God is good. Um, I even left. I even shut down the entire ministry for a moment because I was dealing with some things. Um, but God kind of kicked me in my behind and made me start it back up. It used to be the Vineyard REI Ministries, which was called, which was basically uh, Relationship Encouragement Inspiration Ministries. Um, and so when I came back after I left the ministry, keeping my Ada has been with me for, I believe, three years. Shout out to Ada, Senorita Lopez. Yes, yes. 
She's been with me, I believe, three years. Uh, there's only been one person uh, that's been in there a little bit longer than she has, and that is uh, Miss Regina Richardson has been the longest there with me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's been there quite with me, with me quite a long time. And uh, these are some of the most loyal ladies I could ever possibly, you know, come in contact with by far. And uh, I simply thank God for them because they've been there to kick my butt too and get, get my head straight <laughs> yes. and everything else like that. And they've been there to back me up through and through. Uh, yeah. So we're, once I came back, the God gave me a different mandate for the ministry. It's relationship and discipleship. Thank you, Lord. Um, and so that, now that's what we're all about is teaching people relationship and discipleship so they can go out and make disciples of all men. And uh, so now we're back and we are the Vineyard True Vine Ministries because God is the true vine and we are the branches and we've been going strong since then and I don't see anything stopping anytime now. Now, I know they say ladies before gentlemen, but I just have to I just have to put these two gentlemen first because they have an interesting story. And the next person is the da, 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 party from the UK. Hey, party. Hey, Diva. Party is also blind, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his experience uh, about the COVID nineteen. Tell tell us about you, party, and the COVID nineteen. So hi, Diva. So uh, lockdown came in the UK on the 27th of March and uh, I've been immunosuppressed for several years because I have a rare autoimmune eye disease. So when uh, lockdown arrived, I got a letter saying that I was uh, shielding. And just a few days later, I began to get the symptoms of a cold shiver, a dry cough, an increasing fever, which went up to uh, 100 uh, on the 31st of March. I had to get hospitalized. It was absolutely terrifying because it was the time of the height of the pandemic in London, we knew very little about the virus and being visually impaired, when I couldn't project my voice, but I couldn't make my eye contact, it was actually, actually traumatizing going into A&D, having the swab test. It, it, looking back, it was a real ordeal. I spent uh, four weeks total in uh, two different hospitals, a couple of nights in ICU, very lucky to avoid uh, ventilation. And it was only thanks to the grateful uh, uh, perseverance of the medical personnel looking after me. Uh, because as visually impaired people, we're all tactile, aren't we? We all touch to navigate and move around. And I did contact tracing. I couldn't figure out how I caught the virus. And that's the scariest part of it all, really. But um, we all give out a lot of information as visually impaired people. But uh, one thing that I would say to any of you out there who are unlucky enough to get the virus or indeed be hospitalized just follow the simple respiratory hand hygiene and if you are in hospital unfortunately because it's not looking very good right now things are looking positive on the vaccine front do give out the information uh, on your medical history to the staff simple things like when i was in hospital i asked for a physical sign saying that i was registered blind so that the medical personnel could easily see that I needed extra assistance and guidance because I was always moved around in different rooms because I had to be kept away from all the other patients. So simple things like that, which would help because it's worrying when you see it on the news, well, I get it because we are more susceptible, but uh, we can take avoidance measures to, to avoid that. And uh, I see it as a positive, Diva, because uh, I, I reflect back now and, and see I'm so more, much more appreciative of the things that I have because I saw death in hospital and I still get flashbacks and uh, it can be traumatising, but it's given me a new lease of life and I've done quite a lot of talks to other visually impaired groups about it and uh, I feel very bolstered by the whole experience as a positive. Wow. Wow, this is interesting, mm. guys. And yeah. our next person on the list is Ada, a.k.a. Senorita Lopez. Hey, Ada. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about you. Who is Ada Lopez? Ada Lopez was born in Puerto Rico and moved to the United States pretty much um, up north. And I now live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I have three daughters. 
three beautiful daughters and four beautiful grandkids and I'm just a person that loves to encourage people love to help people be there when you need me and be there when you don't need me I just like to reach out and just touch people heart and always try to help if I can in any kind of way and I'm just a single parent so Ada tell us about your blindness how did you end up being blind and visually impaired I used to be able to see um then I have I got uh uveitis or iritis which is inflammation in the center part of the eye and then um, the doctor was just telling me that gradually I'm going to lose my eyesight and become blind. I'm like, okay. So I had a lot of surgeries, a lot of injections, a lot of this and a lot of that. But I'm blind. And some people, I feel bad for them because they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why do you feel sorry for me? I was sighted and now I'm blind. But you have to uh, learn how to adjust. You can't let this blindness put you down. You got to keep moving it's just like anything else that you have to just overcome and by I know God's grace that I overcame it I was able to raise two daughters blind and just work and just take care of them and now they're 18 and 21 so I'm just so glad that even though I got blind at a later age I still overcame and there's times you'd be like, why me? You feel a little depressed and stuff like that. But you can stay in that pit right there for a little bit. You got to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and keep going because that's not the end of the world. I've heard people say, well, if I become blind, I'm going to kill myself. I was like, I never thought about that. But I just had to learn new ways of how to do things, you know, in a blind world. I used to do computer work. Um, so I now have to learn how to still get on the computer with the software and everything else and i worked for 10 years being blind at a blind industry and i do a lot of different stuff and uh, the ministry like make calls and type things out from my phone so i still people are like shocked they're like i can't believe you're blind sometimes they say you're faking because you can still see and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and they're like it encouraged me because I did such an awesome job with my kids and they had to help me somewhat and some things that I couldn't see because I couldn't see. But they know so much more than kids their age would ever know at this age. So they're great kids. I love them to death. And I just thank God that he was there for me all the time and through everything. Amen. Well said. Now we're moving on quickly to Kenya and Casper. I interviewed those ladies some time ago. Their episodes are up there, so you can uh, go listen at your convenience. But Kenya, uh, you are the author of Life Books for Kids. Tell us about that. Yes, I'm an author of Life Books for Kids. It's a children's book series that um, age appropriately, we help kids through life, navigating through life, reminding them that some of the issues that they deal with, um, sometimes you got to bring some God in your life to deal with them, and you're never too young to do that. Um, I've been working with kids for almost 30 years um, at a very young age. Um, my mother went into the military, and I lived in Florida. I was born and raised in Florida, and when she went into the military, um, I was that kid that felt like um, I was staying with different family members. So I can relate to kids that may be living in a household without their natural parents. And so as I went through different family gatherings and just through life, I saw a lot of kids that were in my same boat and they felt really comfortable talking to me about things, some things they didn't even tell their parents. So after a while, um, you know, I just noticed that, you know, I was always helping kids. 
So as I got older, uh, my mom was stationed at Andrews Air Force Base here in the Washington metropolitan area. And I ended up making this my home. And I have come across a lot of different troubled kids. Um, and I've kind of started not really studying them, but just being there for them, being involved for them, with them. And I wanted to take it a step further. And I said, how can I help more kids? And I'm a writer, um, content creator. I write all different types of movies. And, and I said, well, if I can do all this, I can write for the kids and seeing how I can help them based on how I've helped other kids in the past, whether it's, you know, coming out of their shell, um, focusing and honing in on their natural talents, trying to help them become entrepreneurs, um, talking to parents. And I said, well, I think I can come up with this concept where I can teach kids through my short chapters and then at the end have them journal about how they have touched on that same topic. We touch on bullying, um, respect, uh, community, um, teachers, parents, um, saving money. And at the end of each chapter, I ask thought-provoking questions where they talk about their experience with the topic and then the parents can reach over or look over their shoulders and stimulate conversations between the two of them. So that has been very rewarding and fulfilling to me um, in a sense where the children come back to me and it's like, I couldn't put it down. I read the whole thing. And even parents are coming back to me. So that's been um, my story. And um, I've and since then, I've had different ages uh, that are older than the kids that I was originally targeting. And the older kids are like, do you have something for teenagers that are graduating high school? And I said, I do, but it's not finished. So um, I've just found that that has been my niche and, and I'm really enjoying it. I work for the federal government here in Washington, D.C. And that, through my career, hurt me to do like workshops with the kids and things like that from speaking engagements. So um, I'm enjoying it. And thank you again for having me on the show. You're most welcome. And we move to Casper, Cassandra, who is blind and also hearing impaired. Again, her episode is up there, but guys, she's an awesome lady. Hi, Casper. Hey. So tell us quickly about you. Who are you? Well, Casper is um, a deafblind woman in Boston who is involved with being on the board of many disability advocacy um agencies and whatnot and has had a you know i've had a previous history of teaching deafblind people how to use assistive technology and you know living their best life out in the world among the sighted and hearing um and yeah you know i enjoy writing and reading and you know sometimes having conversations with people you know about all kinds of things remember the program is culturama with diva and today it's our christmas special and i'm sydney thorpe sitting alongside diva and we're presenting the program to you today and now i'll let you hear a song i composed some time ago that people seem to like it's called christmas love
there you go, an abbreviated version of Christmas Love by Sidney Thorpe. Hope you, like many other people, enjoyed it. And Diva seems to be quite excited about something. What is it, Diva? The next voice we're going to hear for the next 10 minutes is Pastor Truth. And he has a word of motivation for you, Pastor. Yes. Your turn. The floor is yours. Amen. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Um, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, Praise God for each and every one of you tuning in. Um, So what I want to talk to you today real quick is about motivation, how you can find ways to motivate yourself. And in times like this, uh, especially if you've been noticing this late, this day in December, uh, that there's been a lot of people who have been dying left and right. Um, There's been a lot of people who are sick um, all over the place. Uh, People are still dealing with, um, you know, financial issues, still dealing with sickness issues, um, all kinds of things. And it's when we get into areas like this, times like these, where it seems as though the world, the, the whole wide world is just sitting on our shoulders and we seem to be oppressed and we seem depressed and we don't know who to turn to. We don't know which way to go to even get some relief. And, and we feel like sometimes um, that we need somebody to help lift us up and tell us that everything is going to be all right in spite of the things that we're going through. But what happens when the very person that you usually go to for inspiration and for encouragement is going through so much themselves that they can't seem to give you an encouraging word that day? Um, they can't seem to help you because they're going through the same thing and they need an encouragement. Uh, What about you if you're the one who usually encourages somebody and all of a sudden you can't seem to find an encouraging word for them, much less yourself? And what do you do? There's a time, sure enough, that when we're in these situations, we have to learn. We have to learn to encourage ourselves. I, I don't think that anybody knew this better than King David. King David wrote many of the divisions of songs. Uh, These songs helped to really paint a picture of how well God uh, blessed him, how much God did for him, and how much God really loved him, and better yet, how much he loved God and obeyed God. And I think the Psalms were really written in essence to just remind David just how much God did for him and just how much he really appreciated God because he wrote down his feelings about God at the time as well. Not just what God did, not just the testimony of God did this, he got me out of a snare, he caused my enemies to bow down or anything like that. But uh, as this, as my scripture that I'm imagining in my head right now says, it's in uh, Psalms 18 verses 1 through 3, if you have an opportunity to look it up, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. That's what the first words that he spoke of. I love you, O Lord, my strength made sure that he acknowledged that and he acknowledged the fact that God is his strength when was the last time you told God that that no matter what's going on no matter how things may come out that you are still my strength you're what keeps me strong in the midst of all these things that are going through going around in the midst of COVID-19 with my mama or my sister or my aunt or my cousin are sick and and feel like they're about to die you're still my strength to keep holding on. You're still my strength to continue to go on and have faith that they will make it, that they will live and not die. You are the one who gave it all to me. And then he began to give God accolades for the different things that he did, that he was to, to David. You're my strength. You're my, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. You are the shield and the horn of my salvation. You are my tower. All of these things. Do you know God to be these things for you? Have you really even considered it? 
Because, see, when we begin to really consider those things, when we really begin to consider the fact that God has been all of these things for us, when it's all said and done, when the chips are made low, when they're all brought down, God has really done this for me. God has really made a way in these circumstances. God has really done this thing for me in these situations. Then we'll recognize and understand that no matter what we may have faced in the past, that God has already been there for us, always been there to do whatever needed to be done. And then when David goes through this recollection of everything that God has been to him, then he gave us an opportunity to do something that is beneficial to our spiritual life, which should cause us to be lifted up. I will call on the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. When was the last time you called on? Was it just when you needed a brand new car or you needed a brand new game system or you needed a brand new iPhone or when you needed some clothes or when you needed a, a light bill paid or whatever the case may be? Or do you call on the name of the Lord and do you recognize that he is worthy to be praised for all the things that he's done? Have you ever taken the time to really call on the name of the Lord and just tell him you appreciate him for everything that he's already done and recognize that he, that he is worthy to be praised because see i want you to understand something when you call on the name of the lord in faith in belief he is always sure to answer you he's always sure to come see about you he's always come to make sure that everything is good with you that there is no needs that need to be met and if there is a need to be met if there is an enemy on your back if there is a circumstance that you're in that needs to be tended to you, I guarantee you that God will answer and he will answer on time because he is the God of salvation. He is a God of redemption. He is a God of protection. He is the Lord God, your banner, Jehovah Nisi. Hallelujah. I just want you to know that God is there to help you through whatever you need done. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. I don't care what it is. Oh God, I'm sick and I don't know what to do, but I will call on the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I don't care what it may be. Oh, I'm having financial issues, really, God. And I did my best with what I had, but nevertheless, I will call on the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Uh, uh, I don't care if it's a uh, family issues going on, your kids acting up, your spouse acting up, uh, you, you want a wife or you want a husband, I will call on the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. If you're having issues with school and you want to make it further, but you're having issues and you need some wisdom and some knowledge, I will call on the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I guarantee you, if you begin to call on the name of the Lord in every situation and circumstance, if you even call on the name of the Lord when everything is going right and there is no problem. God will be with you. He'll let you get to know him and he will give you joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. I think if you do this, you'll recognize and you'll see how much better your life will be for calling on his name because he is the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He is a Lord that is able to be honored and he is a Lord who wants to benefit your life in every way that he can. Just trust and believe in him. Put your whole heart and your whole faith into it and watch what it does. And then you can encourage yourself in his name. You can encourage yourself in what he's already done for you. You can encourage yourself in everything he's done for everybody else. And you can know that he is the source of your strength and your rock and your salvation, your banner, everything that you need. And you can simply call on his name and you can give him praise and know that whatever is going on, it will be made new and it will be made net better according to his precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. This is certainly food for thought. Food for thought it was indeed. And we now have some greetings from some people who wished to make personal input into our Christmas special. And they will announce themselves as they come forward. My name is Aaron George, CEO of Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited. I would like to take this opportunity to wish all the listeners of Culturama with Diva a Merry Christmas and a bright and prosperous New Year. Hope to see you in 2021. Keep your minds open. Keep your ideas bright. Hi. My name is Sugar 
from Nigeria wishing everyone on planet Earth a happy Xmas and to you beautiful princess Tia wishing you too a happy Xmas Greetings, this is Cheryl Manette, and my Christmas greetings go out to everyone around the world, all the listeners, because greetings are to be shared with everyone, to uplift everyone. So blessings to all. Be well. Be loved. My goodness, time has flown. And wow, it's unbelievable that an hour has passed. This has been Culturama with Diva. I've set along with diva i'm sydney thorpe and we've enjoyed bringing the program to you matter of fact we've enjoyed bringing the program to you over the whole year and i hope that you'll continue to listen to culturama with diva and continue to be inspired by the things you hear and learn a lot from the content so it's time to close the show and i will allow you to listen to Diva as she closes in her own inimitable style. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Remember, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. Mm-hmm.